Now, here's what I heard about the softball game. I heard that Morgan King, in the bottom of the last inning, we're up 17-16, makes a diving play on the second out to make the third out to end the game. Is that true or not true? I've heard it, and I heard they were chanting, Morgan, Morgan, is that true? Yes. She's being modest, but she's saying kind of. All right. How are y'all? Are you hot yet? All the shade people say, no, don't you be liars. It feels good back there. All you sun people be like, yeah, I'm hot. Just be honest. It's hot in the sun. Hey, uh, man, we're so thankful that you're here and uh, that you're part of uh, what's going on here at Upper Room. And we can socially distance outside. And, uh, but just so you know, just like Nicole said, next week we're at 9 and 11. Uh, we have children's ministries going on. Um, so that's just how we're doing it. And uh, we're trying our best to do masks and things like that. But, man, just come. We're not refusing anybody because God's good and his mercy endures win forever. Okay, man, we're in some weird times. I want to just give a message, like only for like an hour and a half. I know it's hot out here, so I won't do my typical three hours. I'll just do like an hour and a half. No, uh, let me actually, that's a good reminder. Let me start the timer. Nicole's like 20 minutes. And I was like, like not to exceed or a minimum. She's like 20 minutes. So I was like, all right, I'll take that advice. So I got it set for 19. Hey, hope. We're in a time of just like, just weirdness, honestly. And, and I don't know about you, but I've been searching like, what's true, what's not true? And it gets frustrating. I don't know if anybody else is in that boat. Like there's so much going on, so much chaos, so much um, issues. And it's not just the COVID stuff. It goes back to the racial tensions and all of these things that we're facing and economic impacts. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I don't, it, it's not that we buy in or my opinion or this, people are literally affected by what's happening right now some more than others, and, and we have to be empathetic to know that, uh, but at the very least, we've been affected, and at times, we find ourselves hopeless. We find ourselves in, in even a, a world of hopelessness around us, and so today, I just felt like it'd be super fitting uh, to speak a message on hope, and um, let me just remind you, Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, so at times, and, and faith is a substance of things hoped for, not seen. So in times like this, in tragic times, our hope meter kind of begins to drop because we're seeing chaos, we're seeing negative news, we're seeing all of these things, and then we're like, okay, how much longer? Is this going to end in November or not? Is this going to get better? Is this, you know, I don't think any one of us would have picked in February, March that we'd still be here in August in a time of, of portions of shutdowns and being affected by the COVID situation. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. I was like, oh, this will be done by May. This is, I even read a prophetic word. It will go out as fast as it came in. I was like, uh-uh, that one was wrong. Still here. So, so we're in these times where like hopelessness is a severe issue, but let me just remind you that, that Jesus has a different plan. Jesus has a plan of hope. In, in Jeremiah 29, 11, he even says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans for hope, plans for what? A future. So Jesus' plans for this, his storyline, his narrative, and all this is going to lead and is hope. Jesus himself is hope. And I just want to share just a couple more verses, and then we'll get into a couple stories here. First is Romans 15, 13. It says, I pray that the God, the source of hope. How many agree that God is the true solution to this, that he alone is hope? He is the source of hope. So it says, God, the true source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
If you find yourself getting hopeless, if you find yourself getting hopeless, it might be time to like shut down some of that social media or news and maybe like get in our word or get in his presence or like begin to worship and praise. Praise is oftentimes a, a gateway that unlocks the heavenlies and gives us thankful hearts. So like that's what I've had to do. I've, I've focused on kind of two words right now in this season, flexibility and thankfulness. And I've learned last week, and I like was convicted that in these times of trials and, and, and stuff, that I haven't just automatically went to praise. I've went to negativity and be like, can you believe this? Look at this stat. This doesn't even line up. This doesn't match up. Anybody else found yourself in that situation the last couple months? So as we're looking at this, God is the source of hope. He alone is hope. So Matthew 12, 21, then I want to tell a story. And his name will be the hope to all the world. Like his name alone, he is hope to the world. So I want to talk about this woman with the issue of blood. And I'm gonna, this is going to be the biggest scripture I read today. All right, oh, how many feel that heavenly breeze right now? Feels good. So there's this woman with the issue of blood. It's in Mark 5, and I'm going to read as much as I can. And I want to read this story because there's so much goodness in it that when we want to give up, that's the time to press in. When we like, feel like it's all that we can take, that's the tension of God right before he releases you like an arrow. Listen, you're being launched as arrows to hit your destinies, your purposes. Like you have this identity, this amazing calling in the Lord. You, your family, your kids, your marriage, it has purpose and divine purpose in the Lord. And all of a sudden, when you, before you get launched, it's that tension pulling back that string on that bow. And that is the hardest time. But that's when you're closest to the Father. And, and all of a sudden, before you're released, just when you're ready to give up, just when you're at your brink, just when you're ready to, to like say, nope, that's it, I can't take anymore, that's when you're launched. It's that tension that's required before the launching. So there's this woman with the issue of blood, and it says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him, and he turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at the crowd pressing around you, and you ask, who touched me? But she kept looking onward to see it, that it was done. And then we get down to verse 33. It says, Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said this, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I want to just highlight a few things in this story. First off, she was stuck in a menstrual cycle with an issue of blood that she had been in for over 12 years. And she had done everything that she possibly could, went to every expert, listened to every doctor, and nothing helped. But she heard about this man named Jesus, and she had this hope and this faith to press into a crowd. Now, when we talk about crowd, we're not talking a crowd like this. We're talking like elbow to elbow. You literally had to push your way through in, in crevices and, and push people out of your way to get to him. Now, now, then here's what happens. She just knows if she just touches him, she'll be healed. Now, she's stuck in this cycle. She's stuck in her issue. And when you're stuck in your issue, you can't reproduce. Many of us, when we're focused more on our issues, we can't reproduce. The, the transformation Nicole's talking about. When we're stuck in an issue of a menstrual cycle, when we're stuck in an issue, we can't reproduce and we can't transform the people around us because we're so self-focused. 
We're so focused on our issue. We're so focused on what isn't happening other than, other than what the Lord is doing. We're focused on what he isn't doing. So many times in these issues and these trying times and these trials, we focus more on that. We're paying more attention to what that is and more attention to the news than what the Lord's narrative in all of this is. I don't know about you, but I've been seeing some things that have been done in the dark come into the light right now. I've been seeing some really wicked, evil things coming to the surface that's getting dealt with, and I believe in the justice of heaven, and there will be justice because God's loving and just. Amen. And if that's the case for pedophilia and all of these other things that are going on and trafficking and all these things, for me, this season of little bit of hardship is totally worth it. If we can have unity and we can have equality in these things and if we can have dinner table conversations and, and call people to the table that actually love one another and when we're squeezed and tested, show some kindness and the love of God, it's all worth it. So this woman, she, she's stuck in her issue. When we're stuck in our issue, we can't reproduce. There's no life. There's no fruit that comes out of that. So the, here's the thing with her. She was real. The, the thing was, she didn't deny her issues. She didn't deny that she had a problem. She, she knew that. She was real. She was vulnerable. And she sought out the Lord. She knew that he was the solution. Now, those are some points that if you're like a point person, I've got like four points. All right? She was real. She was vulnerable. She was transparent. She was honest with herself. She knew Jesus was the solution. And she pursued him. Some things are worth pursuing. Some things are worth fighting for. Some of your breakthroughs are worth pushing in for. Some of your breakthroughs that aren't coming just really easy right now are worth pushing into and spending a little more time in the Lord or getting around a group of people that's going to encourage you and sharpen your iron and even call some things out that hurt. How many, how many like being around people like that? I, I, I do and I don't. Like, like man, I, there's some people that just ask me questions and push in and probe, probe and just like, like dig. My friend Jamie Van Gelder from Minnesota, he does that. Corey was doing that the other day. Like, Corey was asking me, like, these questions, and Nicole's like, I love it. I love seeing him squirm and not have the answers for everything. It's hard, but it's good when you surround yourself and you, you figure out the solution. So she knew there was hope, and she pushed through a crowd, and she wasn't willing to stop. Here's the other thing. She didn't victimize herself. And, and this is the, if you remember one thing today about the hope and the identity of who God's called you to be and know who you are and whose you are. Like, like, she didn't victimize herself and just give up and stop and waller in her misery. She pushed for the solution as a victor. She was a champion. And then we get to the end of the story, and Jesus says this one thing, this one thing that changed my entire paradigm of me as, as knowing who God is and this revelation of a good father. He, we know her, and the Bible heading that each of you have probably in your Bible is, is a woman with the issue of blood. See, many times we're known by our issues. We're known, man, I tried to commit suicide. I was a drunk. I was, I was the, the epitome of a terrible husband when we first got married. I've been arrested several times. There's all these things that, that involve my past. And, and now is my testimony and my story to bring God glory. Now, but God doesn't keep track of that. He doesn't keep track of, of the wrong. He doesn't know me by the issue. And many of us, we still call her the woman with the issue of blood. But here's what Jesus says, daughter daughter your faith has made you well he didn't say woman with the issue of blood bleeding woman woman who's stinky and unclean who no one would want to be around she was considered unclean and couldn't even be around these people but yet jesus 
calls each of us by name. He calls each of us son. He calls each of us daughter. And he's not afraid of our mess. He's not afraid of our issues. He's not afraid of COVID. He's not afraid of that. But our solution does not come from a government or a political party or, or, or identity as a manager at a business or an owner or a lieutenant or a dad. Those things aren't my true identity. My true identity comes from being a son of God of a beloved child. And in that, now I can be these other things. And in that is the overflow that I can be fruitful and multiply. She's not a woman with the issue of blood anymore. Just like blind Bartimaeus isn't blind anymore. He was healed. She's healed. She's now daughter. Let me, let me skip to one verse here and I'm going to close. The band can come back up. That's pretty impressive, huh? I have it in me to preach short if I, if I have to. It ain't over yet. This is only first closing of like five. So see what happens. So Micah 7, I've been really dwelling in that all week. I follow this uh, Faith Rx, like CrossFit, faith community thing. And they posted this scripture. I kind of knew what I was going to talk on today. And I saw this scripture post. I was like, man, that's amazing. And I was like, they didn't put what version of scripture it was. So I had to like go search up. But I knew, first off, I was like, that's a message version. I'm going to go look that up. And I began to study Micah 7. And Micah was a prophet, uh, one of the 12 minor prophets in the word, and, and most of his focus was to the, the people of Jerusalem. And it's a, just a really good chapter for you to study. I'm going to leave it with you. I planned to read the entire chapter today, but feeling how hot it is and how much I'm already sweating and that my iPad's going to time out from the heat, I'm going to skip that for you. So Micah 7, 7, it boils down to this. So he's going through the, the first several verses. It's like, man, the world's falling apart. People are only in it for themselves. The rich are paying off things to get things for their selfish agendas. You know, it's going through this whole thing. The wicked are here, right? And then it says this. It says, I can't even trust what the truth is. I can't even trust, like, the people around me. How many feel like that's kind of the season some of us or what we're kind of seeing in some of the media? There's a season similar here, and let me just tell you, most of this stuff isn't new. This is not the first time these things have happened in our society or in our world or in time. These things aren't new. They're new to us. They're different for sure. They're, they're probably a lot of fuel to that fire with the medias that we have now, but they're not new. So then we get to this one verse, 7-7. Seven, seven. It says this. It says, but me, I'm not giving up. It says, I'm sticking around to see what God will do. I'm waiting for God to make things right. I'm counting on God to listen to me. Then it goes into the, the ending of this chapter is, is talking about how God will redeem and God will be the light and God will punish the wicked and God will redeem the righteous. He's, he's, it's this whole thing of Micah and, and what he's seeing and he's speaking to the people here. But this one verse just, just blew me away this week in this version. It says, but me, uh-uh, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. I'm waiting for God to make things right. I'm counting on God to listen to me. We get down to verse 11, and I just love this one too. It says, oh, that will be the day, a day for the rebuilding your city, a day for stretching your arms, spreading your wings. All your dispersed and scattered people will come back, old friends and family from far away. How many believe that he is doing the redemption in our cities, in our nations? in our families, in our friends, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our marriages. He's doing this. Why? Because he's the God of hope. He's the God of grace. He is the God of mercy. He's the God of love and the God of power. It's so good. Then we get to the end of the chapter there, and it's just so cool. He's like, enemy, you will be in the gutter. You will be trashed. <laughs> Isn't that awesome wording? He's like gutter and trash. 
How many believe that, like, we have the power and the authority, there's more power in one blood, drop of Jesus' blood, than all the world has to offer, than all of what the enemy's tactics are? Listen, the enemy is on full assignment to steal, kill, and destroy, as, G as John 10.10 10 says. But Jesus, it says, came to give life, and life more abundantly. Many of us, it's easy, man. It is so easy for me to focus on that death and that, that destruction and the negativity going on right now. But my focus and my hope and my faith are on the things that I'm not seeing right now, but they're in the known of Jesus. I, I don't know what the future holds in every detail. I, I don't know that. There's so much uncertainty here. I, will November change us? Will, will it take a year? How much lag do we have in the economic impact? I don't know those things, but what I do choose to do is focus on the certainties is that God is good. I focus on the certainties that God, Jesus is hope, Jesus is love, and no matter what happens, it's worth it. Now, let me just end on this one story. Nicole and I, we were pregnant with Olivia, and I've shared this with some of the people close here to Upper Room, but Nicole and I, we were pregnant with Olivia, our second daughter, we thought it was a boy. We never found out till, till birth and all of our children. The Lord bless us with four girls. I wouldn't change it for anything. But we thought Olivia initially was a boy. So she's my little buddy. So we go and we go for our first ultrasound. We're so excited. And uh, we did ultrasounds for health but never found out the genders. And all of a sudden the room gets quiet. The ultrasound tech disappears. And then before you know it, doctor, a doctor comes in. And we're like, What's going on? And I'm, I'm in a medical field. I'm a paramedic. So I'm like in that realm to where I know enough to be dangerous. And I usually know when something's not right. Even though I'm not an expert in medicine, I, I know enough to like kind of be dangerous. So I know there's a feeling. There's a feeling in the atmosphere. And the doctor, he says, now listen, we're, your daughter based on, or your child based on the ultrasound has this condition. He names this fancy word that I've never heard of. And, and the first thing he says, now don't Google it. Now, what do you think the first thing I did when I got home? I Googled the crap out of that thing. And I'm like, yeah, I want to know. So, so anyway, the doctor's saying it's not good. And, and eventually he said, it doesn't appear that your daughter has a nervous system, doesn't have a heart, doesn't have a spinal cord, doesn't have skin. And, and the head size, and they're, they're saying all these things. So obviously, Nicole and I were pretty upset, you know? So we go home, we Google it, we're like, oh yeah, this is bad. But our hope was not in that doctor's information. Our hope was not in what we found on Google. Our hope, and the only thing we knew to do, Nicole, she wrote out every scripture in the word, every scripture that had to do with praise and healing. So we began to say those every day every day and they said they wanted to see us back in a two weeks or a month or whatever it was and we're pr we prayed we declared we we spoke things like our faith wasn't in in the things of of what the doctor was saying or what we were finding on the internet or not feeling the baby our faith was in the things hoped for not seen that is the hope of Jesus, is that no matter what we're seeing, no matter your situation or your circumstance, maybe it's not to do with COVID, maybe there's a financial issue, maybe it's a marriage issue, maybe it's a child issue, maybe it's a health issue, no matter what it is, there is hope in Jesus. So, so anyways, for two weeks, every day, we would pray and sing these verses for two weeks. We go back, whenever that was, two weeks, I think it was two weeks, yeah. So we go back, and all of a sudden, we're like, all right, 
we, we walk in the room and uh, they all came in they were all there giving up, right? So I asked the, the tech or the doctor who was there, I said, hey, do you believe in healing? She said, yeah. I was like, all right, good. And then later on, she says, what would you have done if, if I said I didn't believe in healing? I said, well, I told you, we were about to see one. So she said, yeah. I was like, well, you're about to see one. She's like, what if I would have said no? I said, I would have said the same thing. You're about to see one. So they, they scan and do the ultrasound and all of a sudden their eyes start to light up and the atmosphere and the mood totally changes. And all of a sudden, Olivia stand for me. <laughs> That's my daughter. Let me just tell you, she's spicy. She's got a nervous system. She's got skin and it's thick. She is wild and hard-headed and beautiful and amazing. All of a sudden she's like I, we don't know what happened we have no idea but it is as if we never had the last ultrasound everything is perfectly normal there's nothing alike from when we saw her two weeks ago that's Jesus that's Jesus it wasn't it wasn't something fabricated we have the pictures to prove it it was our substance was the things hoped for not seen our faith was in the realm that Jesus will do this. Jesus will provide. And even when he doesn't, he's still good. Our circumstances, our issues, the things that we're going through in this world don't define the integrity and goodness of God. He's still good. The enemy might be trying to distract you from that. The enemy might be trying to convince you otherwise. But let me tell you, God is a good God. I'm here. I'm standing. And I shouldn't be. Just like many of you, you have a story. You have something. Listen, I tried to take my own life. Like, I, I, I like, <laughs> I mean it hard when I brag about being a good dad and husband. Because I was a rotten husband. I was a rotten man. So now I'm bragging because it's the goodness of God and it's only his power that transformed me. It wasn't me. It wasn't something in my mind. No, I just learned my identity as son. I learned how good God was and I fell in love with a father. I fell in love at 20 some years old for the first time in my life. I heard that God was a good father and he actually loved me. He wasn't waiting for me to quit sinning. He wasn't just this judge on a throne waiting to condemn me. No, he was actually this amazing father who loved me and adored me and wanted to spend eternity with me. That's the same for you. Why don't you stand with me wherever you're at? Listen, this is just a simple call. We're not going to call anybody up front. We're not going to embarrass anybody. We're not going to ask you to raise your hand. If you need a dose of hope. Maybe you need the hope of Jesus for the first time in your life. Maybe you've just gone onto this trail of, of disparity and hope deferred has made your heart sick. Maybe you've been just negative. Maybe, maybe you just need just this hope, whatever that is. Whether it's the hope of salvation and eternity and knowing Jesus is Messiah. Maybe it's the hope of a good father. Maybe it's the hope in your marriage. Maybe it's the hope in your job situation or for your children. I just want you to hold your hands out like this. He is the deliverer of hope. Not, not dope, hope. He is the deliverer of hope. Just hold your hands out. I believe God's just going to just give you a supernatural dose of hope today. Whatever that is, whatever it is in your heart, whatever it is that you need, that you're not a person with an issue. 
You're not an issue. You're not a problem. You're a promise. He's not identifying you based on your past or your history. He's identifying you based on your destiny. He doesn't care about your history. He cares about your destiny. You were called for such a time as this. You were called for this moment outside on this day in the eighth month of November. You were called to be a new creature. You were called to be a new creation. You were called for him to give you a new song, a new hope, a newfound freedom, a new joy, a new love. So, Lord, we thank you for hope today. Jesus, we invite you out here. We invite you in our heart. We invite you in our issue. And the issues of these nations, and the issue of our nation, God, and the issue of politics, and the issue of COVID, we invite you to be the hope. We have faith that you are the hope. And no matter what we're seeing, Jesus, you're good. Fill us with hope, the hope of your glory, the hope of you, Jesus. Just in your own way, just begin to ask him for hope. Listen, some crowds are worth pressing through. Some issues are worth pressing into. Just in your own way, begin to ask him. Whatever that is, just have an intimate moment with the Lord right now. We're just going to give you just a little space. Just begin to, if that's repentance, just begin to repent. If that's just acknowledging and accepting Jesus for the first time, just acknowledge he died on a cross. He paid a price because you are absolutely worth it. You are priceless, and he paid on Calvary for you and for me. So, Jesus, we thank you for this. We thank you for the hope of salvation. We thank you for the hope of eternity. We thank you for the hope of the situations going on in this world and in our lives. We thank you for your love. We thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy. Just in your own way, just begin to offer that up to the Lord. He's trading out sorrows. He's trading out mourning. He's trading out tears. He's trading these out. Mourning may last through night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may last through night, but joy comes in the morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's the morning time. Warfare is over. It's time for joy fair. We thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We're just going to just adore him for a moment here as Josh and Angie come. They'll, they'll dismiss in prayer, and they will... Uh, Give us some instructions on the barbecue and Kona Ice. just want to personally thank you for coming and thank you for everybody who helped out. The band, they were here late last night and here today. There were set-up teams here yesterday. So how many believe that Jesus is hope? I hope that you feel encouraged when you leave here. Uh, this is just a taste of Upper Room. We, we love Jesus a lot, and you can see that in our worship. And we love people a lot. And, um, man, if you don't have a home church, we'd love to invite you to join us in the future. If you have a home church, we just invite you to get grounded and rooted there and just go deep. We love you guys. Bless you. Well, isn't God good? Hey, listen, we've got some food for you guys, and I just have some instructions so that you guys know what to do. Um... First of all, we have Kona ice here. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> one Kona ice per person. Okay, so we'll go through, just go through once, get your Kona ice. And then when you get to the, uh, the sandwiches, everybody gets one sandwich and two sides, and there's water there for you as well. Um, if you want more water, we've got a cooler over by the AC units. Feel free to grab another water. Make sure you hydrate. Um, if you want to move any of these orange chairs under the tents or your lawn chairs, you're welcome to do that. Get in the shade. That would be fine. And then um, once, uh, 
lunch is done. We've got some games and stuff. We've got some, the, uh, our, our youth leaders have set up. We're going to set up some water games for the kids. Be over in the, the cleared area, so stay as long as you can. And then uh, last of all, if you're still around when things are, are wrapping up, help us clean up. We can use all the help we, we can get. And so it uh, usually doesn't take long if everybody pitches in. And so everybody got it? All right. I'm going to pray. We're going to bless the food and, and just bless the Lord. So, God, we love you. We love you. We think you are amazing. We think you are a good God. We know you are a good God. We thank you that we get to gather here together. We just, we just speak um, just togetherness. We speak an end to the pandemic. We pray for this food and we just bless it. We bless this food to bless and nourish us. And we bless this fellowship this time together. Lord, let us grow closer to each other. And I just encourage everyone to spend a little time with somebody you may not know as well. Bless you guys in Jesus' name. Stick around and enjoy some fellowship. Amen.